0: Hi, this is Angie Meadows, and this is The Rocker Recovery. We are working on the Overcoming Trauma book today, The Rocker Recovery, Overcoming Trauma that is published on AmazonBooks.com. We are on lesson three in that book called Mental Prisons. We've been talking about how to identify your trauma traps and how to bring about emotional maturity through reprogramming your trauma, recognizing it, bringing it up into your conscious thinking and reprogramming. So today what we're going to talk about is Mental Prisons. He God has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners in Isaiah 61 1 and I had a dream once and in the dream the Lord said the gates are unlocked just tell them to open the gate and I heard prison gates unlocked and, and I realized that people were standing behind those bars, and all they had to do was push the gate open. So recognize your mental prisons along with the games that other people play to control and manipulate you. Today, I want you to look for your own self-inflicted prison, prisons. So in this lesson, mental prisons, given a lure of safety, a place of solace, and a familiar comfort, and yet is a place of deep dark and desperate torment sometimes when we're in a mental prison the darkness is comforting it's uh it's easier to stay stuck in that deep dark well than it is to crawl out of it and get hurt over and over again so sometimes if you have a friend that's in a dark place you don't need to say anything you just need to go and sit with them Just get your arm around them, just hug them, just let them know that you're there, and hey, I don't know how to get you out of this dark place, but I'm not going anywhere, and I'll be back again and again and again, and I'll just sit with you till you can get out of this. So, mental prisons are a place of obsessing, self-defeating emotions, and bondage in negative thinking patterns. So, I want to identify when I'm doing rapid thinking that's all negative, that's confusing. I want to identify my obsessing, my self-defeating emotions. These identify signals that I'm stuck in a mental prison. So say like I'm stuck in bitterness. If I listen, if I hear myself, if I can sit quietly enough with myself to hear that bitterness, if I can listen to the words I speak, I'll often hear myself speak of this bitterness, and then I'll be like, ah, There's my prison today. How do I break free from this prison of bitterness? And it's literally a prison that we get stuck in. So here's the exercise for the lesson. So these lessons were designed for you to work with uh, groups, whether they be your church groups, your your teenage groups, or your uh, recovery groups, so that we could identify uh, our thinking patterns. So in this lesson, we're going to identify our obsessing. So what type of obsessing plagues you? If you would like this, um, it's in the book, but it's also going to be posted on my website, EnablersJourney.com. So what kind of obsessing plagues me? Is it the past wrongs that have been done to me? Past wrongs that I have done? Sometimes there's things that have happened to us that were just wrong, or sometimes things that we did in response that was wrong that we just can't quite get over. So these are prisons, mental prisons that we've put ourselves in where we just think these things over and over again. So other things that make me obsess are unchangeable accidents or circumstances, identifying with trauma wounds. Indulging negative emotions, sometimes a negative emotion like self-pity will come up and instead of recognizing it and shaking it off and distracting myself and going to my healthy coping skills like uh, doing my exercise class, taking a walk, um, playing games with children, you know, doing something I really enjoy, I'll get stuck in that negative emotion and I'll actually indulge it and as I do, it gains power over me. And it takes a couple of days sometimes to even shake it. So if you're doing that, I want you to recognize, whoa, I'm sticking myself in a mental prison. Other other things that cause us to be trapped is uh, continuing in unhealthy, toxic relationships. So I want you to think about any dysfunctional coping skills that you may have whether it's just binge-watching television, it's just like, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna veg out here with my games, with TV, whether it's food addictions, whether you're not hungry, but you just want food to comfort yourself. Uh, other comforting measures that we do that can be dysfunctional is lustful thinking or mood-altering substances. Now, today we have my producer, Bobby, here. Hello. <laughs> so let's see if Bobby's got any comments here.
1: Um, as far as those things that uh, we can trap into, uh, I've been in recovery, I uh, have done a lot of those things. Um, I think the biggest thing that sticks out is those, those of changing that stance um, where I look like I'm a victim, at least in my mm-hmm. eyes. I yeah. think all this stuff was done to me, uh, and I will, will continually to blame others. I just posted on Facebook this morning that blame really is to be lame. So if you take that B off of there a little bit, uh, and I keep pointing those fingers at other people, I'm never going to have a chance to recover. I will remain in that prison because Mm. I'm the one that created the walls. I'm the one that built the prison because I'm the one that's blaming other people.
0: Right, and that that trauma trap uh, sets us up for a mental prison because all of that uh, past victim mentality that you're talking about gets stuck in our subconscious and it just replays itself over and over again. So what we want to do is recognize, oh, wait a minute, That's, that's, that's being a victim and not a victor. Bobby says, you know, instead of being a victim, you be a victor. And as we become have victory over our obsessing, as we just recognize it. And, and, you know, sometimes you can't stop it right away. Sometimes you just have to validate it. Yeah, that's the way I'm feeling. Yeah, that's pretty painful. But not let it be your identity.
1: Right. One of the postures I've had to take this time is that I cannot improve my past. Um, The stuff that I've done, I mean, I've already done. I can't, I can't go back and change and make a better past. But I can come to terms with it, I come to accept it, and
0: then I am allowed to make a better future. Mm, and I do believe that God can redeem it all. Don't you? Yes. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go to the next evaluation skills called self-defeating emotions. So I want you to recognize what inner core responses that you have to a wound or a trauma. So sometimes uh, somebody can just be moving facets around you, a boss, a coworker, a spouse, something like that, and they're just having a mood today. They're they're a little grumpy, and as they are, it may trigger something in you, uh, and you get these self-defeating emotions, like anxiety, worry, and fretting. And in Psalms 37 it says fret not, fret not, fret not. That fretting seems to rob us of all of our energy. And instead it says to delight myself in the Lord, trust in Him and commit my ways to Him. So what would it look like to delight in the Lord, Bobby? Well, um,
1: there's just so many sides to that. Just doing
0: what you did this morning. That's
1: really a loaded question. you know, I, I got to have breakfast with other members of my church today, uh, the men, um, to delight in the Lord. I, I, I went and I, mean, I, I reunited with my daughter yesterday, um, oh. <laughs> which is, uh, I haven't seen her face to face in six years uh, because of me. Uh, it, it, but I always left it up to her. And um, f- for some reason, she messaged me last week and said, you know, if you want to come down and see me that'd be great and, uh, <laughs> so I got to spend the whole day with my 16 year old daughter oh, Tray, and uh, hey, Dad. it was great and yeah. it was all God and I got to bring a little bit of, of what my life is like here to her in Kentucky and uh, you know we had a good day and it was I've I, I shared with another friend this morning about how that situation is and it's almost like 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 a romantic relationship it's like I'm dating my daughter because we're just mm-hmm. getting to know each other again um, we, I'm, 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 I'm letting layers of me come out. You know, there's a long amends process that has to be made there because of my actions. But because I came to the terms with my past, because she accepts that I can't change it either, uh, there's, there's a, there's a hope. There's a, there's a position now that we can move forward. Uh, and you know, to amend means to make right. And my biggest her would be not picking up drugs and alcohol again and continuing to let this relationship grow.
0: Mm. Yes, and that that bridge, that trust uh, is is built over time, little by little. And so some of the other self-defeating emotions are anger, bitterness, fear, or fear with torment. Now, I know when a relationship has turned to torment because it wakes me up at night and I'm rationalizing with this person in my head about why what they're doing or what they're saying is toxic or wrong or, or um, why, why it's gonna be defeating. And, and I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm trying to fix managing control and I've got to back up and let them have their own issues so that I'm not just having this fear with torment. Um, The other things are self-pity, whining, and complaining. (laughs) Joyce Meyer says, if we complain, we remain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So loneliness, withdrawn, and avoiding. A lot of times when we get stuck in our mental presence, we just isolate.
1: I don't know why you're looking at me like that. I isolate <laughs> all the time, but it's not, it's not in an unhealthy way. I'm just a. Uh, I used to not be okay with myself, and I sought out a lot of validation from other people, and it was a requirement. So I had to be around people telling me that I was doing a good job in order for me just to feel comfortable in my skin. Uh, I've gotten past that with a lot of help and a lot of counseling and a lot of recovery-based things and a lot of Jesus, mm-hmm. and I'm okay being in a place by myself, and I've actually gotten to the point where I prefer it. I don't have a problem going out to eat dinner somewhere and going by myself, because me and God are pretty good company, and He's he's, he's with me all the time, so it's not like I'm ever really alone, uh, and I am getting better, so.
0: Yeah, I am too. I I used to do some isolation and some withdrawing, and now what I do is, like you said, I pull back, I have time for me, and I'm okay with me. I don't have to be with other people, but I enjoy other people, and I don't, I don't intentionally avoid them. As a matter of fact, I go towards them, but I'm still okay with me, where before, when I was alone, I was fretful, and things, toxic thoughts would come up, and I needed to be with people, or I wasn't going to be safe for myself. I needed to be distracting myself. So yeah, it's really healthy to be able to get to a place where you're happy just being alone or being with people. So some of the other behaviors, some of the other inner core responses that are defeating are grieving and mourning and sadness. Uh, Things over the past, things that we can't change, things that we just maybe need to detach from and let go of. These things can cause us a lot of grumpiness and can even bring on depression and other overwhelming emotions. So if you find yourself in any of these behaviors, anxiety, worry, fretting, anger, bitterness, fear, self-pity, whining, complaining, loneliness, withdrawal, Avoiding, isolating, grieving, mourning, sadness, grumpiness, depression, and other overwhelming emotions where they're making you like hyperventilate, um, keeping you from sleeping. I want you to let go of these. I want you to realize that these are within your power to control. These are your mental prisons that you can let go of. Now, I've got a little chart here where we're going to discuss the signals of a mental prison. Helplessness. Hopelessness, negative self-talk, automatic replay, traumatic event, so if I'm automatically replaying what he said, she said, they said, they did, I'm on this automatic replay loop that's going to cause me to be stuck in this mental prison, so that's obsessive thinking. I can become impatient or even apathetic where I just don't care anymore. And I just give up on myself. So that develops into a complacency and a failure mentality. And like Bobby said, a, a victim helpless syndrome. Giving up, a faint heartedness where you just think you're never going to be able to succeed or overcome this. And, and these emotions are, are, are suffering. There are a lot of toxicity in these emotions. And a lot of times I find that um, I kind of detach from my own self and my own identity and my own inner core in order to indulge these emotions and then um that's like right before a relapse like if i see my girls doing this they get stuck in their anxiety and if that's not taken care of right away i see relapse coming on its heels and instead i want you to recognize these empower yourself to sit with them and Move them outside of yourself and observe them validate them and release them and not identify with them But identify with uh, your higher power identify with Christ identify with things that are healthy and things that are good That just
1: reiterates the importance of uh, an inventory process no matter how you do it But in, in I, I find that if I don't do some type of daily review I let stuff build up um, if I've if I've go through, uh, you know, our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous has very, very simple text, uh, uh, textbook instructions, so to speak, Uh, from page 84 to 88. It really tells us what to do in the morning, the night, and throughout the day. And if I take the time to just review that, uh, these things will pop up uh, in an inventory process. Uh, Then I can apply. Uh, Sharing that with my sponsor or doing any kind of other uh, corrective measures that I know uh, That I've learned through experience how to change that mindset into a mindset that God would rather be operating in Mm. uh, instead of me Um, It it says in our steps uh, because I know a lot of people that are listening to these are are in recovery um, It says that, that that we have to allow God to remove our defects of character Hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't have a part in that. That means God's going to be the one to remove it. Uh, What I have to do, though, is create an environment around me that's, that's conducive for him to do his
0: work. You know what? When I see someone who's irritating me, I can just immediately figure out that, oh, wait a minute, that's probably something in me that lord wants to, me to deal with because i'm trying to get the speck out of his eye, so i probably have a plank in mine <laughs> i spot it
1: all the time yeah
0: you know, yeah so if i
1: see something that someone's doing that bothers me i probably do the same thing. absolutely myself. i just don't like myself because i do yeah
0: and, and you see it in someone else but you can't see it in yourself so i used to get really frustrated with other people and now i'm just like oh wait a minute Wait a minute, turn all my fingers towards me. Yeah. <laughs> let's work on me. I can't fix them, but I can fix me. And so then it makes me a better person. So instead of being frustrated with others, now I'm turning and looking deeper into myself. So other behaviors, other emotions, let's see, other signals of my mental prison is giving in, allowing myself to be abused, or allowing self-destructive behaviors to um, manifest in my life. Instead of going for help, I'm just mistreating myself. Uh, Workaholism, consuming myself with busyness. This is a really big one for me. I have to make sure that I schedule in downtime. And, you know, with, uh, with the guys that I work, I'm like, nope, we're taking off evenings, we're taking off weekends. And they're like, no, we need to get this. And I'm like, nope. Nope. There's got to be a balance between I'm, work and play. I'm
1: really the same way. I, I can do a lot of my
0: work from home, uh, which
1: makes it so I can do it at any time. Uh, and I have to like physically close the laptop and <laughs> move from my desk to uh, another part of my apartment uh, in order to not be doing work uh, and give myself some downtime. Uh, I I, I used to be real bad at it, but I'm I'm getting much better. I'm I'm very much enjoying my life right now at this moment. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's awesome. So when we're emotionally stuck and and unable to move forward, I want you to have something that you enjoy doing. Bobby enjoys his motorcycle. I enjoy my kayak. You know, I know if I can hit the river... And just be out there with the sunrise that I'm I'm going to get unstuck. I'm going to have some quiet time, some me time. So if you're discouraged, if you're depressed, I want you to start getting movement in these areas. So let me give you an example of a mental prison. Example number one, a person who is lonely becomes depressed and isolates and decides to connect with inanimate objects. They become a hoarder. Uh, they actually connect with television actors and television shows or or musicians on the radio More they can more than they connect with the people that are around them But uh, with people around them the relationships are not healthy So they become emotionally unavailable to the people around them. Does that make any sense? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I've done that all of those things guilty guilty guilty
0: <laughs> Example number two a person who has who was wounded emotionally in church and vows to never return, carries a grudge, and then allows the wound to harden their heart towards God. That again, that's, a, that's an example. I've,
1: I was never really wounded from church except for the, my own view. Uh, I've been a member of the church I'm at now for the past eight years. Um, it wasn't until, I just shared about this a, a few minutes ago actually, uh, it wasn't until I went through a, a ministry class And I I informed all of them in that class that even though I've been a member here for a long time, I've always referred to the other members of the church as you people. (laughs) Because I did not feel like I fit in. I felt like I was, I had done some things that harmed some other church members that aren't around here anymore. But still, other people knew about the stuff that I had done uh, when I was out in the madness. And uh, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like I was... Scorned, and you know I've ended up being the only person that really felt that way, and mm-hmm. the, the the majority of the people, like all the people in my class, let me know that that I am a part of this body. I am a part of this church, and and because I'm a little rough and, and ragged and around the exterior, uh, that's what's gonna help me reach out. To the guy that's rough and ragged around on the exterior as well.
0: That would scare other people to death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a calling. Uh, we're doing part of it right now. So um, it, it's it's all about. I see. I see most of this stuff that, that I that I see Angie preach and talk about. Um, that lines up with the recovery deal. This goes through the same processes. You know that identification. Uh, of the problem uh, just like when I'm an addict the first step is admitting that I have a problem But before I can admit that I have a problem I really got to know what the problem is yeah. and, and these court these these sessions right here are really bringing to light uh, For me and anybody listening uh, what
0: these problems are and then what I can do with them You know, I've never been an addict, but I've been an enabler, which I think is just as bad as an addict. It's just as sick. I'm still trying to fix, manage to control everybody. I still got all these mental prisons, all these traumas, all this confusion in my life. And so even if you're not, uh, don't have... Uh, substance use disorder. You probably have other disorders, other things that you need to look at in yourself. And when I started working recovery, like an addict, that's when I started to recover. And it actually taught me how to uh, apply principles of God's word to my life. So mental prisons cannot get me a vision of a different future than my present. So if you feel like, oh, my life is never going to get better, I want you to start working recovery. Even if you've never had an addiction issue, start working on your own planks, in your own eyes.
1: I firmly believe anybody can take the 12 steps of any 12-step program, and they would improve their life.
0: Amen, every time. And if I'm I'm offended, if I'm, uh, you know, Worried about things constantly. Fretting about things. If I feel like God doesn't love me. If I if I feel abandoned, neglected, wounded. You know, from childhood. From anything that's happened to me. There has to be a recovery process. And you, it's got to be an active process. And yes, the 12 steps. And things like this. Uh, learning the principles of God's word. Can really help me to start moving forward. So now let's learn how they, to do the application in this lesson. Lord God. In the name of Jesus, would you guide us to discover the mental prisons of our thinking? So I want you to ask the Lord, what is my greatest emotional struggle? And let him start peeling the layers of that onion to show you what's underneath that. Because a lot of times my behaviors are just superficial. Until I can get to the root of the issue and really start forgiving and grieving over it and releasing the struggle to the Lord, I'm probably not going to recover. I'm just going to go back around that block, and in a few weeks, I'm going to be in the same place. Sure. I think
1: the, the cause and condition, that's, that's, again, the inventory process we do— uh, our book suggests that we, we look for causes and conditions. Um, my favorite example that I give to guys that I work with is is when I'm dealing with fear. Um, in essence, and I know this isn't a, 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 a class or a, a segment on fear, but in essence I believe we only have two fears, abandonment and rejection. Just about everything can go to one of those two categories. Mm. So if I say I'm afraid of spiders. I'm a 300-pound man. I don't think it's really feasible <laughs> for me to be afraid of a something that probably weighs a gram. What I'm really afraid of is something that's a little bit deeper and a little bit more closer to the core, like that the spider might bite me and I'll get sick, or the spider might bite me and I'll die. So I'm afraid of losing something that I have, which would be very similar to abandonment. Mm-hmm. So my fear of spiders really comes, is is set in a fear of abandonment. Hmm. Uh, And I think that's just one example of how the looking back like this said, you know I've got to go back to the root of what the problem is I can't just mess around with the surface stuff because if I just surface fix stuff I just only get surface fixed.
0: Does that make sense? Amen, and I tell you uh, the Lord taught me That he would never leave me or forsake me, but there were many times when I had emotional wounds and I had stuck myself in these mental prisons that I had a hard heart and I could not feel God's love. And I was sure that He wasn't there and that He had abandoned me. I was sure that I was all alone. But as I started moving through this process and started grieving and forgiving and releasing and working on drawing close to God, then He started drawing close to me. So every time I sensed this burden, this prison, I just started releasing it. Instead of holding it, don't you think, Bobby, that we kind of hold some fears or self-pity or bitterness, that we just kind of hold it?
1: I think sometimes we enjoy holding it.
0: I think I, you're right. I, it's I, it's, I, it's I, I familiar. I fall in love with that
1: horrible. Yes, it's, there is a certain sense of security in the familiar. So, like, I'm, I'm used to feeling that way.
0: I don't want to change that. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and keep, keep, keep where I'm at. Yep. And then expect to grow some other way. Yes, I think we get stuck in those patterns, those thinking patterns. So I want you to offer your hardship, your struggle, your wound, your trauma to the Lord today. I want you to offer it as your sacrifice. And then I want you to flip it and stretch it and find reasons to be grateful. And I want you to make a list of the things that you have learned through this difficulty. And then I want you to get a vision for what God could be doing in it. Because His Word says that He can take anything. He can take your ashes and make them into beautiful things that he can take everything meant for evil and turn it to good. So here are some things that could keep you in a mental prison. I want you to kind of identify these. Stumbling over another fallen believer, like someone backslides and then you follow them. The buddy
1: program. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I learned that my eyes have to be on God and if my buddy stumbles, I can slow down and say, "Do you want me to help you up?" but I can't fall over there stumbling
1: that that really goes along well with with opposite sex um if 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 i get in, if i'm in recovery and i get in a relationship um and and she she would decide to go out that's really going to put me in in jeopardy um i I mean i know there's why they they make suggestions of not not getting engaged or involved in somebody for a a year and, and all those cliche things but i see validity in that and and i'm glad that i waited uh i think that uh I think that uh, my feelings can override my logic very quickly, especially when it comes to a woman. So, so, uh,
0: so what you're talking about is a woman going out. You mean she's not in active recovery? She's doing passive recovery, and then she slides back into addictive behaviors. Right, and I yeah. think for one second
1: that I could possibly help her.
0: Yeah, um, no, and you gotta save or yourself. I'm gonna end up joining her. Right, that happens nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. It seems like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in uh, thinking that you can help her, you think that's going to lead you that way. So I want you to understand that um, there are many things that lead us into these mental prisons. We've got to be able to... um, firmly connect with who we are and know what we will and will not do and what we will and will not put up with. So if we get persecution or abuse by other believers or unbelievers or other relationships, you need to detach from those things and we'll have 12 lessons on detachment coming up. If there was a sexual violation or abuse going on now or in your past, that is something that can also divide you from your own true self and put you in a mental prison. If you were bullied if you, were, if you were raised by hypocrites, do as I say and not as I do. If there was a divorce or a betrayal that was very deep, those are deep wounds. We're talking about wounds now. These wounds will stick you in a mental prison. Compulsive, self-destructive behaviors like cutting, being offended against something or someone, uh, domestic violence, child abuse or neglect as a child may follow you all your life if you don't start working through the recovery process. Also a severe accident or a chronic illness, death of a loved one, addictive thinking and behaviors, financial job stress and relationship stress, all of these things can stick you in a mental prison. So there are circumstances in our life whether we're in recovery or Or whether uh, we're in addiction that are going to come up and a lot of times I see kids in recovery think that when you're in recovery life's supposed to go all good and when it doesn't they don't have any coping skills to navigate the struggles so what we have to do is start developing other coping skills so mental prisons will separate us from God and others that's the principle I want you to think with mental prisons separate me from God and others. So as I start identifying these mental prisons, then I can identify what's separating me from God. Would you like to read the conclusion, Bobby?
1: Sure. Any emotion not processed and released is programmed into our subconscious and affects our central nervous system. This can cause a mental prison. When we can identify our trauma wounds and our inner core responses, we can recognize trauma triggers quickly. Pull the original trauma into our conscious thinking and process it. Now the healing can begin. Practice repatterning patterning your subconscious thinking as we learned in Lesson 2.
0: Yeah, and in Lesson 2, we learned to identify the abandonment, the neglect, the abuse, the being unwanted, and then we learned a character skill, one of the character skills of Christ. Uh, like um, being, having compassion, being dependable, being honorable. And then we learn to reprogram it with the fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gratefulness gentleness, self-control. You know, as I practice these things, these good things don't come to me. I have to practice them. And as I practice being gentle, as I practice love, now I can start reprogramming my inner core to respond that way just naturally. So now let's uh, end this lesson with the scripture. As for me, I will behold your face in righteousness and I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. And that's Psalm 1715. Lord, God in Jesus' name, hear me and heal my soul. Bind up my broken heart and give me freedom. Have mercy on me and set me free from mental prisons. Give me insight and revelation knowledge into the depth of my inner being that I may reclaim all that is rightfully mine. And amen and amen. Amen. Okay, so this is Expression Studio, and this is Angie Meadows and... Bobby Snyder. And we're coming to you today talking about mental prisons, and we will be back with the next lesson that is about how to, to um, identify our carnal thinking. We want to identify uh, healthy thinking and carnal thinking, and we'll be right back.